It is so good to have each and every one of you in the house of the Lord this morning. And I'm so glad that you have chosen to come to church. Once again, you could have chosen to be anywhere, but you've chosen to be in the house of the Lord this morning. You know, and also those of you who are at home, you are not any less. I just want you to know that God can move in your lives even at home. But I just want to ask this morning that even as we prepare our hearts, that you be open. Would you put your hand on your heart this morning? And say, Holy Spirit, speak to me. I'm ready. Amen. 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 Church, you know, glad tidings, we have entered into a new season. We have entered into a new season. And I'm so excited to know God has so much in store for us as a church. And we want God to lead us and guide us in this new phase of our church, Glad Tidings. And will you commit to pray for the leadership of our church? Oh, awesome. It's good. It's good to have some response. Thank you for praying for the leadership of our church because we know that without God, we cannot achieve anything at all. But we want to trust that the Lord, even as He has appointed this new leadership, Pastor Michael and the team, that even as we entered in, that we will be building from glory to glory, from strength to strength. Amen. How many of you believe that Glad Tidings can be a church that is vibrant? Amen. Hallelujah. And you know, church, when I think about Glad Tidings and I think about what God wants to emphasize upon our hearts this morning, we want to be a biblical church. Amen? We don't want to be a church that has all the frills and all the entertaining bits and all that, but we want to be a biblical church. So what does God want to emphasize upon our hearts this morning? Today, I want to talk to you about Relationship 360. Relationship 360. Why, why 360, you know? It's basically all around. Yeah? 360 all around. And, and I've been praying and asking God, Father, what is your heart for glad tidings? What is your heart for our church? And you know, what dropped in my heart was this. That God, that one day I will see that this church will become a church that is connected. Everyone say connected. A church that is connected and we're not just a bunch of people coming to church on Sunday for Sunday service. We won't be a bunch of people that come to church just to listen to a sermon. But we will become family. Yeah, thank you. Amen. Where we will have deep love for one another. And I sense that God wants us to be a loving church. Right? God wants us to be a loving church. And why do you come to Glad Tidings? Why are you here this morning? During the period of the lockdown, we were thrown into an ocean of options, right? How many of you visited other churches? Raise your hands. Wave your hands. Nobody? Only me? Ah, come on. I'm sure you guys went to visit so many on YouTube, so many options on YouTube. You know, you were able to be exposed to so many, many things. You know, but why? Why come to Glad Tidings? You could be anywhere in the world. Let me ask you, why did you come to this church? Is it because of the beautiful lights? Is it because of the dynamic worship team? 
Is it because we are the best kids church? <laughs> Why? Why did you come? Or the youth church or the 10 cents coffee, huh? We used to have the 10 cents coffee. The fellowship, the amazing pastors, I don't know. But actually, I want you to know this morning that from God's perspective, nothing, nothing of these matters. Nothing of these matters at all. Because from the very beginning, Scripture said, you know, for this is the message that God will have in store for you. From the very beginning, that we should love one another. Amen? That we should love one another. And I pray that glad tidings, that you will sense God's love for you even right now. Wherever you are seated, whether you came alone or whether you came with your family, wherever you are in whatever season of life that you are in, that I want you to know that God loves you and I want you to know that the church loves you. We may not know how to display it. We may not know how to demonstrate it very well because we are not perfect. But I pray that you will sense God's love for you. And I pray that we will be a people that are connected and loved. You and I have a role to play. Don't come to church and just fold your arms and say, okay, let's see what they have in store for me. It's kind of like entertainment, you know. You come to church on Sunday and then uh, get entertained, you know, what you have in store for me. Let's not come to church with that sort of mentality. Let's come to church saying, God, what can I do? What can I... You know, what can I contribute today? You and I have a role. Amen? John 13, 34, verse 35 says, A new command I give to you, love one another. You're going to hear that over and over again. As I have loved you, so you must love one another. And how does, how does the world know that we are His disciples? How does the world know? The world knows by this, verse 35, John 13, verse 35 says, by this, everyone will know that you are my disciples. How do we preach the word of God? How do we share the gospel? By this, everyone will know that you are my disciple. So today, that's not my text, okay? Just sharing with you, you know, what the Lord has laid in my heart. But if you have your Bibles, you know, turn with me to Matthew 22, verse 34 to 40. Matthew 22, 34 to 40. And this portion of Scripture is talking to us about the greatest commandment. And let's read together, okay? Hearing that Jesus had silenced the Sadducees, the Pharisees got together. One of them, an expert in the law, is like a lawyer, right? tested him with his question, Teacher, which is the greatest commandment in the law? He thought, this Pharisee thought he was going to corner Jesus and he was going to trick and trap him to see how his response would be. Jesus replied, oh man, I love God's wisdom. Love the Lord your God. This is not a new scripture, right? So all of you will know, love the Lord your God with all your heart and all your soul and with all your mind. Listen to verse 38. This is the first and the greatest commandment. And the second is like, love your neighbor 
as yourself. Verse 40 talks about all the law and the prophets hang on these two commandments. Now this, this chapter, chapter is a continuation of Christ's discourse in the temple. It was two or three days before he was to die. There were disputes amongst the Pharisees and the Sadducees and the scribes as well, who opposed Christ. The Pharisees had tried on many occasions to trap Jesus without success on any of these occasions. As, you, as I mentioned earlier, an expert of the law tried to trap him. But I think this question was asked even for our benefit. We have so much laws and regulations, right? There's so many things that we should do and should not do. Sometimes we are so clouded, you know, with what are the things, what is most important? So when this question was asked, I think it was for our good. Three times in the gospel, I'm sorry, three gospels records this. Jesus talking about the great commandment. In Matthew, in Mark, and in Luke. And today, I want to give you permission, yeah? You can take out your handphones, you know? You can take out your phones, and I want to do a short uh, survey. Can I do that with you? Yeah? So those of you who are online, uh, we will be showing you uh, the, the login link. And if you can go to your phones and take out your, your look into your browser, you can key in www.mentimeter.com, I think. Uh, right, it's up there. Okay, and I want you guys to just answer this question. Okay, very, very easy, right? Just go www.mentimeter.com and you key in the code that is being shown on the screen. And I want you to answer these two very simple questions. Right? So what are the questions? Very easy. It is easier to love God or humankind? You need to choose one. It's easier to love God or is it easier to love humankind? Ah, thank you for your response. Can you see? I don't know if you can see the response, but I can see it. So, the votes are coming in and there's more people leaning towards it's easier to love God than to love human. Why is it so hard to love human? Oh, but there are some of us here who think that loving human is easier. But it's still shooting up. God's side is still shooting up, okay? Thank you so much for your participation. I really appreciate that. And so let's move on to the next question. While the votes are still coming in, it's okay. All right, thank you. All right, let's move to the second question, if that's okay. So the question is, Who do you love more? Uh, this is just a, a little, quick little survey. Do you love your spouse? Do you love your family? Do you love your friends, your children, or you love food? <laughs> Let's see. Oh, okay. So spouse is uh, not very high. <laughs> I wonder why. Family is really very high. It's the first one right now. And then friends is coming in uh, quite strongly. Well, I see a lot of people love food. 
<laughs> thank you, you know, thank you for participating. And uh, we pray, okay? Later we pray for all the spouse, okay? To love each other more, <laughs> right? And so even as we have read that scripture talking about what is the greatest commandment, I want to ask you this question. Do you love God? Do you? Do you really? Okay. What does that mean? Loving God is loving God with all your heart. And that means that He is the source and the greatest desires and passion and the core of our affections. And all these things must be centered upon Him. It means that we are completely faithful and devoted to God and that His purposes direct every area of our lives. So I ask you this question again. Do you love God? Softer a bit now. <laughs> no, loving God is in this way requires a willingness to do anything for Him. Just like those of us who were in courtship, right? We were dating. You would do anything to impress that girl. You would do anything to impress that boy as well, right? Or even the silliest things we do, we don't care, right or not? Because we want to impress somebody. Our lives for God must be life-directing, love-inspired for His love for us. Secondly, loving God with all your soul. And it has to do with our longings, our emotions, and our convictions, which must be focused on Christ as we bring honour to Him. The soul could be described as the core of who we are, who we really, really are, meaning that our identity has to be completely immersed and completely one with Christ. Thirdly, loving God with all our minds, showing that shows us that the serving the Lord is not just a matter of feelings. Today, I feel like serving God and I will serve God. If I don't feel like serving God, I will not serve God. This requires us that even as we serve God with our intellect, you know, and seek to please Him with our thoughts and ideas and decisions based on His Word. Loving God with our mind means doing what is right. Not what feels right. Doing what is right. Never mind how you feel or what rejection you might face from others, the situations around you. And, and you know what? Loving God despite everything. And loving God with our strength. Talking about the best energies you are most... How many, how many of you are seniors here and you still have a lot of energy within you? Wave at me. Oh, I believe, you know what? Okay, I know some of us are like, I'm not a senior. <laughs> you know, even if I'm 70, 80, I'm still young, man. Of course, you have all the energy in the world. And God requires you that even as He says, love me with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, it means that even in your, so to speak, sunset years, you are to love your God. Amen? Amen? And it also means young people that as young as we are, we don't ever say things, I'm too young to serve him. No, we are never too young because we got to give our best energies to serve the Lord. You know, we live in a society, right, where we do many things half-heartedly, correct or not? No, I'm the only one. 
<laughs> Come on, let me see. Uh, students, you know, do your, treat your homework half-heartedly. You know, they do enough just to keep from flunking. You know, the bare minimum. Maybe as, as employees, we work half-heartedly. We just do enough so that we don't get fired. I don't know. How many of you sing the national anthem wholeheartedly? Wow, that's awesome. Nagaraku, right? Yeah. And any one of us do house chores wholeheartedly? Oh, I love the Lord my God with all my heart. <laughs> Washing the dishes, everything. How many of you do that? Now, Jesus tells us not to love God just enough from, uh, to keep from going to hell. Did Jesus say, you just love me a little bit, huh? just good enough for heaven, huh? then, it's, then it's okay already. But he expects us to put our whole selves into, into loving God and into living for him. So many Christians serve God half-heartedly. They only come maybe to church on Sundays or maybe once, once a year, twice a year, I don't know. I am not condemning anyone. You know, we all know ourselves. We all take a look at ourselves this morning. And they just give their offerings, you know, and maybe never tell someone about Jesus even, and never visit the hospitals perhaps, you know, but they expect to go to heaven. Sorry if this is strong, but this is God's word, right? So are you serving God half-heartedly this morning? How are you loving Him? If we love God, we will act accordingly. Amen? Amen. So secondly, we want to talk about love to men. So just the first, the first point was love for God. And now we want to talk about love to men. Love your neighbor. And, and it says the second commandment, right? Second greatest commandment. And if you look at a coin, you know, a coin has two sides. Right? You can't just say, I will only accept the, the head side of the coin and the tail side of the coin, not important. No. It is both sides that gives the value of the coin. Right? So in the same way, Jesus gives us two commandments that summarizes all the laws and commands in Scripture. One naturally flows out from the other. So now without the right relationship with God, You know where I'm heading? We will not be able to have relationship right with others. I'm suggesting to you that every problem we face in this world is a problem of relationship. There's so many problems in this world, right? I'm sure you also know economic problems, you know, uh, starvation problems, poverty problems, all kinds of global problems. You know, coming closer to home, family issues, marriages, problems, church problems. Church got problems, so you know. So can we, maybe we put all these into one category under the relationship problem. Is it possible? No. So what does that say to you and I? It says this, if you and I don't relate well, we are part of the problem. We may be a born-again, Bible-believing, spirit-filled, miracle-working, evangelizing Christian. But if we do not relate well, 
you and I don't relate well, your, your parents, your family, your children, your friends, your colleagues, you don't relate well, we are all part of that problem. But God has called us to love our neighbours. Amen. And how do we do that? Our source of love is from God. God is love. That means even when at the beginning of the earth, He was already God is love. It didn't start then. He was already God who is love. 1 John 4, 7 to 8 says, Dear friends, let us love one another, for love comes from God. Everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. Whoever does not know God, whoever who does not lo- uh, love does not know God because God is love. So we are to love our neighbours as ourselves. So that's why I ask, is it easier to love God or to love human? And so your answer was, it's easier to love God. So if you are to love our neighbor, we must first love ourselves, right? Because it says we are to love our neighbors as ourselves. Since we are made in God's image, we have value. Amen? Amen? I'm not talking this morning about the egotistical kind of love, the self-love, you know, that is selfish and self-sufficient. No, I am talking about the love of God that flows into our hearts and out of our hearts flowing into others. Amen? That's what we need to do. And very quickly, what are some of the requirements for us as we love others? Number one, this love has to be without hypocrisy. You know, this morning I was talking to a church member, you know, and we we said, you know, why do you think some people don't come back to church anymore? Because the church is a bunch of bunch of hypocrites. Love must be sincere. We are to hate what is evil and cling on to what is good. What does it mean? We have to love without hypocrisy. We have to be unfeigned. We have to utterly detest evil. Utterly. And we need to cling on to what is intrinsically good. Instead of pretending to love our neighbor, how many of us pretend to love? It's me again. (laughs) I'm sure, come on everyone, all the way from the balcony, all the way down here. All right. Okay, anyway, you know. Let's not pretend. The love must be genuine through our actions and show how genuine that love is. John 13, 34, 35 says, But this everyone will know that you are my disciples. Once again, church, how do we preach the gospel? It's by loving one another. By this, all men will know that you are my disciples. Secondly, what is the requirement to love others? Is this love is to be without partiality. If you keep, really keep the royal law, this royal law talking about belonging to the sovereign, found in scripture, love your neighbor as yourself, you are doing it right. But if you show favoritism, you are convicted as the law, as a lawbreaker. 
We cannot love certain people and despise others. We need to love all people. Everyone say all people. And this would condemn racism, right? And we all say here, we are not racist. But you know, sometimes in our conversation, something slips out of our mouth. We don't even realize, and suddenly maybe a few minutes later, what have I said and what have I done? We are to do good to all men, especially those who belong to the family of believers. Is it easy to love Christians? Do you love your Christian brothers and sisters? And we talk about the scripture in Luke 10, verse 33 to 35. You are familiar with the Samaritan, the story. The third point now is a love that gives. This is the third requirement, a love that gives. Jesus described loving our neighbor with a story from the Samaritan who met an injured man on the road. He, wasn't not, he was not even near his home. He met him on the way, he looked and he saw and he felt sorry for this particular man. And we know as we read the scripture, you go back and you read, okay, Luke 10, 33 to 35. It talks about how this man went out of his way to help this injured man. I want to say that even as you love, it is going to cost you. It is going to cost you. It's not going to be free. It is going to cost you inconvenience. It is going to cost you that you make, you're going to, you know, go out of your way. You're going to go to your extra mile for this particular person. And it might even cost you a headache. You thought, okay, I'll be a good Samaritan today. I will help you. Then you realize after you help this person to point A, then there's point B, there's point C, and it never ends. But we are called to love, and a love that gives. You know, loving people Jesus' style means looking for an opportunity to show love to a person, no matter how undeserving in ways that leave a profound impression about God's best and loving intention for that person. Loving people is messy. Right? You like to be messy? You like to be neat and tidy, right? Prim and proper. But let me tell you this, loving people is messy. Getting involved in their lives is messy. But what does the commandment tell us to? Love. Love others. It requires taking time to get to know someone. It requires getting involved in their lives and being willing to bear your own soul at times and actively helping and serving them. Are we as a church doing all this? Are we? Something to think about. 
And thirdly, we want to live out love, right? We need to live out love. We don't change the world just by declaring that we love them. Right? When you look at your husband and your wife, you know, oh, I love you. Is that all? Is that, is that all? Enough already? But oftentimes, this is what we do, isn't it? Lip service. We change the world by loving one person at a time. Just want to share with you, okay? Okay, very serious now, huh? <laughs> Just want to share with you some guidelines on how we can relate to others. Firstly, consider other, others better than yourself. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourself. And this is from the Bible, you know, Philippians chapter 2, verse 3. If you are taking notes, this is one important one. Secondly, be patient. Oh, that's the worst, best virtue, right? How many of you are patient? How many of us are patient on the road? Uh, I, I be the first one to admit to you I am not that patient on the road. So if you see me on the road, please forgive me. Uh. <laughs> I ask for your forgiveness first. <laughs> we need to be patient. Don't repay evil for evil. Don't retaliate when people say unkind things about you. Instead, pay them back with blessing. This is what God wants you to do. And he will bless you for it. First Peter chapter 3, verse 9. Next, respect one another. Pastor Michael said, in this new season, in glad tidings, even in our church office, even amongst pastors, we are to respect one another. So husbands and wives, if you want to be treated like a king, you treat her like a queen, law. Of course, you must treat your man like a king, lah. okay? So respect one another. Next one, we want to forgive one another. And I cannot over or underemphasize this. Forgive, forgive, forgive. Jesus' purpose was for us to restore broken relationships. How many of us here, you have a broken relationship right now? Think about your oikos, your, your, your friends, your workplace, your family. How many of us here, we need to restore that broken relationship? Love keeps no records of wrong. But we're all very clever to remember, right? If we ever say we have got bad memory, 
You don't have bad memory unless you can forget, uh, forget about all the wrong things that people have done to you. Why is it it's so hard to say, I'm sorry? Why is it so hard for us to say, forgive me because I have done wrong to you? Is it because you think you are better than that person? Maybe it's because we don't want to humble ourselves and put others ahead of ourselves, even our family. Our family is always the one uh, who always garner the worst from us. Uh. True or not? Is it me alone again? <laughs> I tell you, my husband, he's a very patient man. You know who is my husband? Darren, he's right there. <laughs> he is amazing. I found a good man. Yeah. <laughs> and you know, I found a good man where in church... I mean, of course, we were not friends. Uh. We, I was friends with his brother. But then so happened all these things. Uh. But God is good. You know, we need to be, extend love, forgive our families, forgive our church members, forgive our pastors, forgive our, our leaders, forgive those whom you trusted, and they, and they betrayed you. Forgive. Do you know why we need to forgive? Because for if you forgive men and when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But, listen to this. If you do not forgive men and their sins, your Father will not forgive your sins. Wow, this is so strong. Do you know, as I prepared the sermon, I felt so terrible because there are people in my life I think I also need to forgive. Because maybe I felt that I was better than them. How dare they do that to me? But the Word of God says, if you do not forgive their sins, your Father will not forgive you yours. How many of us want God to forgive us? How many of us here are we filled with a room of sinners or already perfected people? We need to forgive because God has commanded us to forgive. If you want God's forgiveness, you must be a forgiving person. And you can say, you know, pastor, you don't know, my husband, my wife, you know, what they did to me. But you know what? You need to forgive because that's what the Bible says. It's hard. And so if it's hard, I want you guys, you know, to let us know. Let your CG leaders know. Let your zone leaders know. Come, and there is always a place where we can walk you through. We can journey with you. Are we perfect? We are not perfect. But we can help you. Or you can say, you know, you don't know how badly I was hurt by my parents. It wasn't just once. It was many, many times over. It happened again and again. I don't want to belittle what you went through. But the Word of God says you need to forgive. 
And you say that, you know, you don't know what my child did to me. They have disgraced me. They have dishonored me. They turn out to be, I don't even recognize who they are anymore. You're right. I may not know the circumstance or what it is that you are going through. But I only know this, what the Bible says and what God says, and that is to forgive. I want to say this, the gift of family is God's great gift to you and I. The gift of your church family is also a gift from God to us. For it is within the family of faith that we experience the fullness of His salvation in you and our lives. We can't be a Christian on our own. Surely we have to go through. It is normal to go through disappointments, hurts, and even if it's done by the church or your church family or even it's done by the people whom you love. All of us here who have not been plugged in into a CG, and this is like a promotion, but let me tell you this, you need to be plugged and connected to a connect group. You can't exist on your own because that's not what God plans for you. You may be sh shopping around for a church. If you find the church, I want to encourage you to stay. Make a decision in your heart and say, God, this is the church. I will plant myself in here. Because that's the gift of God to us, our family and our church family. It's within this family that we are able to work out the fullness of our, of our salvation. So I want to encourage you, please do that. And, and just because a church has issues, just because we have relation in, relationship issues, don't walk away. Because that's not what a family does, right? Right? We stay. We work it out. We say sorry. We ask for your forgiveness. We move on together. And there's so much more I want to say, but you know, time is catching up. Maybe just one more point, huh? And as we love one another, I want to encourage us all to express our anger correctly. All of us are emotional beings, right? Have you ever been angry? Yes? How many of us regret the way we express our anger? So my encouragement for us today is this. Express our angers correctly. Because the Bible says again, Proverbs 29 verse 11, a fool gives full vent to his anger. But a wise man keeps himself under control. Oh, you must know this, we are not perfect. No one is. 
Only God is perfect. So finally, all of us, we should be of one mind, one heart, full of sympathy towards each other, loving one another with tender hearts and humble minds. So church, I want to ask all of us here today, even all of you who are online, how are you going to demonstrate love this week? Okay, don't talk about this week. Talk about today. How are you going to demonstrate love? We have many opportunities to show love to people around us. Don't wait for the opportunity. When you drive out of this church, say, God, open my heart, open my eyes. I want to seek an opportunity to love someone. Look for the next person to love. Start with those, of you, those who brought you into this world and, I gave, you know, and gave you your first experiences of faith, hope, and love. Then broaden the circle to include the extended family, your clan or your tribe. But don't stop there. Go on, give thanks for God, for God's great family of faith and the countless brothers and sisters you have. So, you know, church, if you are here this morning, you know, and if you're looking around you, you don't know who they are. Please get to know people around you. Because if not, it's going to be like you coming home to a house where we say, welcome home, but I don't know who you are. Welcome home, and I don't know, I see you once in a while, I don't know your name. Please, in this small way. Ah, give up your parking spot for someone. <laughs> I was here first, oh. Why he take my parking? <laughs> you know? Do house chores. Turn it around. Don't no longer say house chores. Say acts of service. You know, in spiritual parenting class, what we teach our parents is to tell your children, these are not chores. These are acts of service. Join us, yeah, for any of our family life uh, <laughs> courses. Again, another, an, another advertisement. But it's true. God's Word is here for us. If you don't know how to, or if you need help to walk in this journey, you need some tools, you know, join us, yeah, for the courses. Those of you who are online, maybe you can type out some ways that you can live out love today. Type out some of these. And as you type it out, you know, it is for the Lord to see. And it is the commitment that you are making before the Lord. That this week, today, this is what I'm going to do. As the Bible repeatedly instructs us to love. Love our God with all our heart, our soul, and our mind and includes our strength as well. So today, in closing, yeah? Any one of you who needs healing because you were hurt, you were injured, you need healing, 
please come to the, to the altar. I think Pastor Kun Singh is here and the rest of the team who will come and also pray, pray with you. You go, come on to my left side, which is your right side. Because you urgently need for, to be healed. Otherwise, do you know, hurt people hurt others. You know that you purposely do it. It just happens. Secondly, any one of us here, you need to forgive someone. You don't know how to do it. We would like to pray with you. Come forward as well. Thirdly, some of us might need to repent and ask God to forgive us for we are not following His commandments. We are not loving. Fourthly, and anyone who wants to commit your life to be a vessel that demonstrates God's love, you need to respond as well. Sorry, I shouldn't say you. I say we, because it includes me as well. Help us, Lord, to be demonstrators of love. We need to make a decisive decision.